Hey, welcome to another edition of the John Norman Leadership Podcast, bringing you new content on the last Thursday of every month. If this content is helping you in any ways, would you do me a favor? Would you hit subscribe, share across your platform, your wider circles? Today is a special episode as I'm launching my new book, Unmasked, and we have our good friend Simon Thomas with us, former Blue Peter and Sky Sports presenter. He's going to be asking me a whole lot of questions around the context of Unmasked, the background, and we're really going to be drilling down to some of the uh, issues that I talk about in the book. I hope prayer helps you and uh, it helps your leadership move forward. Remember, as you lift the level of your leadership, others will rise around you. Take care, enjoy, and God bless. There he is. We are there. Sorry, everyone. I don't, it just kept saying, your request cannot be sent. Your request cannot be sent. Anyway, all good. We're here. Good to see you, Simon. Yeah, they're loving you being here, John. Thanks for joining us. Listen, Love mate, that. What an entrance. All, yeah, I know. First of all, listen, mate, congratulations. Congratulations. It is, it is out. It is published. It was launched at Soul Church yesterday. And, I, you know, I know a little bit about what it's like to write your first ever book. It's not easy. It takes a lot of time. But you've done it. And tonight... During this live, we're gonna we'll do our Instagram launch of your book, Unmasked. How does it feel to finally have a physical copy in your hand? It is a strange feeling. When it first arrived, this is the first copy, it was very surreal. Um, I was talking to the church yesterday about it, and uh, I think it was harder than running seven marathons in seven days. Really? Yeah, because when you run seven marathons, you haven't got to think. You just put your trainers on, set the buzzer on your watch, and start running. And then, so physically, it was obviously a lot harder for us, but mentally, this was far, far harder. Yeah, I bet. Uh, and just by the way, for those watching on, and there's a fair few of them, which is great, John, uh, if you've got any questions that just come out of some of the things that John's going to talk about in terms of the subject matter in the book, please do post them in the comments and we'll try and pull out as many as we can towards the end of this chat. And how does it feel, John? Because it's quite a vulnerable moment when you when you publish a book that you've written yourself, you know, you put your own thoughts, your own stories in there. There's a certain vulnerability that goes with the moment the book is out there. People can yeah. get their hands on it, they can read it, they can make judgments. How's that felt over the last couple of days or so? Yeah, you're just reliving everything you've written and thinking, oh, I hope this hasn't been taken the wrong way, or I hope people don't get you know, offended, or could this be... Uh, so, yeah, you have all those feelings, but then you just have to let it go and say, it's out there now, so I'll stand by what I've written. Um, and I hope it helps a whole lot of people. So, But you are right, those nerves. Because when you, you have it just on your own or with, with the publisher or the proofread, it, it's just between a very small group. But when you set it free, it's out there, and it's never coming back. And we've got a good number of people watching live now, John, and there'll be people who yeah. watch it at a later date so for those watching now for those who watch it back just give us a quick summary of what this amazing book unmasked is actually all about yeah unmasked was a well we did a series in soul church in 2018 called masks and i felt that series landed better than any series we've done in the four to five years before it was a series that really helped people identify um, areas of their life that maybe were slightly broken or areas that they needed to get extra support help in. And um, so I'd always had this vision of writing a book called Unmasks, Removing the Masks. And then obviously 2020 comes along with a global pandemic 
and this mask mandate came out and I thought, wow, what an opportune time to write a book called Unmask, which has absolutely nothing to do with physical masks. I just want to put it out there. It's everything to do with the invisible masks that, let's be honest, we all wear. And so um, I've been pretty open, vulnerable in the book. And, you know, these aren't masks that I'm seeing in other people. These are masks I've seen in myself. Uh, we'll talk about some of those in a minute. So it's very much from a place of these are things I've struggled with and I know a whole lot of other people have. And just maybe there's a way that we can live free. Uh, and that's kind of the, 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 the subtitle, the premise of the book is dare to be the real you. Um, and, you know, none of us were born with fear. None of us were born with insecurity. None of us were born with shame or guilt. These are things that we have picked up on life's journey. Um, and if we picked them up, guess what? We can drop them off. Uh, so that's really what the book's all about is walking and living in freedom. And John, I've just had a request from from the main man who's controlling everything back at Soul Church. He, he's he's being honest. He says your your Wi-Fi is not looking great. So it's it's not bringing up the hair in quite the way that we want. So he just wants to see if he can possibly hear a picture. Whether you need to log in, log log out again. But he's just a, he's just is patient. that better? He, no, you're still quite blurry, if I'm honest, John. Which when when you've got such a fine boat race, oh. he's, uh, he's now said all good. So we're we're going to carry on. We're going to carry on. Um, we're good. Uh, as you said, it is it is such a timely book, isn't it? You know, I, I was sat in church here in, in Amersham yesterday, and, and it's still a weird concept to get your head around being surrounded by men and women and, and half their faces are covered up. And one of the things that enables people to do is hide a lot of their emotions, but they're very physical masks. In terms of the masks that you're talking about in this book, just talk us through, give us a bit of an insight in some of the masks that you've uncovered. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point, and, and you know it's exactly what happens in life. We go through things, and we just try and mask them over. I, so we, we we unpack ten, we tackle ten masks um, throughout the book. We start with fear, which is the big one. You know, yes, we had a global pandemic of COVID, but we also um, went into this pandemic of fear as well. And so we started with that yesterday in church. We unpacked that. It's a big one. It's a you know, we have, uh, you know, as children, we, we might have irrational fears. And as we get older, fear doesn't uh, leave. It just changes to become more rational. And so we talked about some of those things. And then this week, we're talking about rejection. And uh, this is a really big, big subject because we live in a social media crazed world. Everyone's got destination disease. Everyone's checking out everyone else's, you know, everyone wants to be somewhere else. We feel rejected if we don't get the likes and, the, you know, the follows that we think we deserve. And so that is a big issue in people's lives. And then we go on to insecurity, um, you know, and I talk very vulnerably about some of my insecurities as a leader. Um, and, and then we go head into what I call the terrible twins, which is shame and guilt. They go hand in hand. And, uh, you know, we, we, we make mistakes along life's way and we, we end up, you know, carrying these, these like pilgrims progress. We carry the weight of shame and guilt. And then I talk on perfectionism. That's a big one for me as well. Something I've really struggled with. Um, the difference between excellence and perfectionism, how I, you know, want things I'll talk about that in a couple of minutes, but, and then anxiety, inferiority, and then we land on the big one right at the end, which is sin, which is a really uncomfortable subject to talk about. But, you know, the greatest way and the, the, the mask we wear is, is, is sin. And what, what I love about the book, John, is that, that you can sometimes get books like this that are very prescriptive. They, they, they'll highlight these same areas, but the person writing won't necessarily talk about their own experience. They won't, 
be vulnerable like we talked about earlier enough to share some of their stories and how they've wrestled with something like guilt and you know one of the things you talk about in that particular chapter is that sometimes that guilt you have those two things going on in terms of work and home life the guilt of being away from your family because you're at work and then the guilt of not working hard enough because you're back with a family and wrestling with those kind of things which is I guess of all the things we feel guilty about, perhaps one of the lesser ones, but it's something that can affect us day by day. As you look through the 10 chapters that you've written on those various marks, and you've hinted at a few of the struggles you've had in your own life, is there one particular mark that you've wrestled with more than any other? Yeah, I mean, I've wrestled with them all, and I think you wrestle with them all, you know, I think this time last year, I would definitely say fear, you know, is life ever going to get back to normal? Are we ever going to go to church again? Are we ever going to see anyone again? And then kind of as life goes on, fear wouldn't be the big one right now. It's per- but perfectionism for me has been a big issue. And it's probably not until I started writing about it, talking about it, speaking about it, I realized just what, I, what a major uh, mask it was for me. And, you know, perfectionism is uh, it's when we mix up excellence and perfection. And those lines can often blur. And it always has its roots in the desire to be accepted. And, you know, I just want things perfect. I don't know about you. You think about the perfect Christmas we talk about. Or, and the problem is it never, ever feels or looks the way we exactly wanted it to be. Some, someone doesn't show up. Someone cancels on us. The music doesn't come on. Um, my Instagram live didn't show up at the right time. Um, and so it, nothing works out the way we think. And the challenge is it has the potential to hurt people around us. And I, I've, I, I've realized that if I continue to wear a mask of perfection, not only don't I live up to my own standards, but then I put these standards of perfectionism on to other people and they can't live up to my standards. And then relationships break down, community breaks down, family breaks down. And, you know, on a Sunday for me, I can, we could have, you know, back in the good old days in church um, when people used to come, you know, you could have 15, 1600 people in church and people make their peace with God, just a fantastic Sunday. And then one little thing's wrong and I go home, and guess what I'm focused on? That one little thing because of perfectionism. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of having to work through that. That would be probably in the whole book, that would be my number one. I love what Adele Licious New You has said. I love being perfectly imperfect, which, which yeah. is, a, is a great line. Did you find when you were exploring areas like this and you're going through the various different chapters, John, that actually it was as much a personal journey as, as anything else that you were beginning to confront things in your own life that perhaps you'd thought about before, but not at this level. Did it take you to places you perhaps didn't expect to be taken? Absolutely. I had no idea. When I started writing and studying and reading other people's thoughts and ideas around some of these masks, I was like, wow, I didn't realize just how much, you know, I've, I've tackled sort of 10 really big subjects in 160, 170 pages. I probably haven't done the justice they deserve. And maybe you felt the same as well, you know, with Love Interrupted. It is so deep when you, you're talking about grief and loss and there's so much that's coming out. So, yeah, um, I, I definitely felt that um, I learned a lot on this journey. I learned, first of all, I learned about book writing and publishing and I had no idea. I just pick up a book in Waterstones and think, oh, that, that looks good. I'll read it. Never thought about the work, the, the backstory behind the book. I have so much more respect now for authors um, than ever before. But did you find the same with Love Interrupted? Did you, did, did you find that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you were 
you would head off in a direction you never expected. You would learn something about yourself that you hadn't quite thought about in, in, in that way before. But I think that's one of the, the great things about when you write a really honest book that's reflecting as much of your own journey in life as, as it is in terms of, you know, trying to be of help to other people is you, you will always find that at various points it will challenge you to, to look at yourself in perhaps a different way, to understand something about yourself that you hadn't thought about before. And I, I totally found that. And, and, I, and I guess the next thing just sort of coming out of that, John, is that, you know, what, what is clear is, is that we, we all wear masks in one yeah. shape or another. I know at the moment for a lot of us it's physical masks, but throughout life we do. You've talked about perfectionism, which is such a big area for a lot of people. You know, I, I, I found that just in terms of my job, and I'm sure you feel this when you stand up front on a Sunday at church, you know, if you've had a really bad weekend and things at home have not been good, you kind of got to put a mask on. You've got to be that man at the front who's smiling and delivering a message. And I often felt that. In my job, when I stand in front of a TV camera, whatever's going on, you've got to put that kind of professional mask on and, and all those kind of things. Is, is, are there practical ways in this book, advice in that? When people are struggling and beginning to identify those masks as they go through the book, say, yeah, that, that is me. That's me. I'm the perfectionist. And, I, it, and it's wearing me down, this constant pursuit of being the best at something. Do you give practical advice on how people can begin just to, to reveal more of themselves, to pull those masks off? Yeah, I mean, I've never even told you this, Simon, but you actually, when you, you know, we've had obviously one-on-one -on -one conversations, obviously, but the level of vulnerability that you have shown, and this, you know, this has been, since I've known you for the last five years, the way you've been so open about your grief and loss and what you went through with your mental health and some of the dark thoughts that you had and, and you shared with them in the book, that really helped me because I don't think people might get attracted to your gifting or your skill, whatever it is. But I think what really keeps them, what really connects with them is when you show a level of vulnerability. Um, and so for me, you, you've you been inspiration in that because I think there's a mold that's being broken. You know, we don't have to all say we've got it all together. It doesn't matter whether you work for Sky Sports or a pastor. You can be honest. Um, and so I've tried to be as open, honest, vulnerable, transparent as I can in the book going, look, we're all just human. Humanity is flawed. It's broken. We don't have to play charades when we come to church. We don't have to just pretend we've got it all together. Actually, let's talk about some of these issues. And, you know, it, it's amazing when Jesus spoke. Jesus, Jesus, he spoke in parables. The gospel is just, it's story after story, simple illustrations. Um, and for me, that's the way I wanted to write because, you know, I said, I, I, I told the church yesterday, I got two Ds in English, English lit, English lang, I got double Ds. It's not like I'm qualified to write this book. In fact, I'm underqualified. It's just, I feel like if we, if you can share an area of vulnerability or you can share an area of weakness with people straight away, you have buy-in. Hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And I think, I think the conversation both, within the kind of Christian world, but also beyond this beginning to change when it comes to, to, to vulnerability. You know, it's actually, a, I think it's a, it's a great show of strength and, and, it, and it opens up conversations that, that without it are, are really, really difficult to have. And I, you know, I take my hat off to you, mate, for, for, for being able to do that in a book. And I, and I guess my next question would be, you know, I, I'd imagine, and I know from obviously Soul Church a few times, you know, you, you will preach on a whole number of different topics across any, any given year. Yeah. Uh, I guess at times you, you will have preached on this. You did it the weekend. So why put it into a book? It's a great question. I think the level of response when we talked about this two or three years ago was 
far higher than we'd ever experienced in church. And it was really interesting because the moment I started talking about real life issues, talking about the root of them, talking about where they come from, what sparks them, and then start opening up the Bible and saying, look, we don't have to live this way. The answers to fear and guilt and shame, there are answers to these problems. Um, and so for me, it was just people who send me emails or dropping a text or social media and say, this is really helping me. The, you know, for me, I can walk off the platform or leave a podcast and think, well, I've done a great job. But the reality is, have I helped someone? Yeah. Have I helped someone? And that's what I loved about your book, Love Interrupt. The reality is that book's not just your story, Simon. That is a tool. I've recommended that book so many times to people who are struggling with grief and loss. You have now created a, a tool set for people who are going for say, if you read this book, it's not going to bring anyone back. But I tell you what, it could help you to get through today and get to tomorrow. And for me, that's what Jesus did. He constantly helped people. He healed people. He helped people. And for me, that's the message of the, the church is just come as you are, bring your masks, physical, invisible, bring them all. And we're going to talk about Jesus and we're going to point you to the light. We're not here to judge people. We're here to love people. And we're going to love you whether you take it off or you don't. But the closer you get to Jesus, um, things are going to change. I don't know about you when you were writing this book. And I think it's a, it can be a problem for anyone who, who writes a book, even the most experienced authors. And it's that kind of slight head screw of, of overthinking how the reader's going to read this. You imagine yeah. sat on home or, or on a train or wherever it might be, reading the words you're writing. You start to overthink how they're going to react to it. And you've got to be careful to hear what you say. You've got to, you've got to say your message. You've got to tell your story, whatever that story might be. What, John, are your hopes for, the, for this book? What, what do you want the reader to think? And actually, how, how do you want them to feel once they finish it and finally put unmasked down but the ultimate goal is that you know the the tagline is dare to be the real you so the real you the the, the you that is free from all this stuff but maybe maybe the first step is when they put this book down they would at least acknowledge that they're wearing one or two of them so go actually because sometimes we read things or listen to things and think, oh, I wish he, I wish he was here or I wish he was listening or I wish they were in church, could hear this message. But sometimes, actually, we've got to forget everyone else. Maybe God or this book is actually wanting to speak to me about my issues and my masks. And so maybe first the big thing would be just acknowledging that maybe we are carrying a little bit of guilt from the past. Maybe we are, we do have struggle with perfectionism. We do struggle with you know, shame or fear and go, wow, that's the first step of acknowledging it. Like, as you know, in your journey, acknowledging is the first step to freedom. And then I, I throw open this big question at the end of the book, what would a mask free you look like? What would it, what would it feel like? Imagine if you didn't carry shame. Imagine if you could wake up tomorrow and you weren't holding on to insecurity. Imagine if you didn't care if anyone else ever followed you on Instagram ever again. You just didn't care. I mean, how cool would that be? So, yeah, that's probably a long answer to a great question. <laughs> but it's a, it's a terrific answer. I, this, this may be a slightly unfair question because it's not putting any one of these masks that you talk so brilliantly about in this book above the other. 
but in your role as a pastor and your role as a, as a football chaplain as well, what, what are the most common masks, those invisible masks you see people wearing? Yeah, I think there's quite a few. I mean, we deal with anxiety. That's definitely a big one right now in society. People are kind of stepping back into, uh, you know, into shops and restaurants and all that. So there's definitely a high level of anxiety around. So we tackle that. But I honestly think the big one is rejection. I think this, 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 this whole issue about where my identity is now is completely you know, I don't even, I, I think we've always struggled with rejection. I mean, rejection's been around since day one. Jesus, even before he ended the earth, he was rejected at the end. He was rejected on his first day at work. They tried to stone him. He was rejected before, he, you know, he went to the cross. The crowds shouted for Barabbas. So rejection has always been there. But social media has just heightened it to whole new levels. And, I, I you know, if if I had a life message, I think rejection would be part of it trying to bring people into their true identity, which is my acceptance is not in social media. My acceptance is not in even what my teachers, even my family, my acceptance is in my heavenly father. And, you know, he never changes his love, his acceptance towards me. And it's trying to get people to understand just how much God loves them. Um, you know, there's, there's a famous, a famous theologian, 50, 60 years ago called Karl Barth, and he was invited to speak at the University of of Chicago. And scholars and students gathered from all over the states. And um, one one of the scholars said, hey, what's the most profound truth you've ever learned from the word of God? And they were all waiting, going, wow, what could this be? You know, is he going to tell us something we've all missed? And he just said that Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. And I thought, wow, that is just understanding acceptance of God. Even when people reject you, even when religion rejects you, church rejects you, whoever, my acceptance is in God's love to me. It's brilliant, mate. We've got some some lovely questions coming in and comments as well. Um, Louise Law one says, identity is deaf or a massive mask. Uh, Laura Folkast said this book is so relatable. It's helped me already. Amazing. Uh, Becky Chase has got a good question, John. She says, yeah. if I bought the book for a non-believer... How would you suggest that I support that person through the book, I guess, as they, as they read it and are confronted by some of these masks? It's a really good comment. And I, when, I, when I was writing this book, you know, the first question the publisher says is, who's your audience? And I came back to him and said, my audience is for church people and unchurched people. He said, no, you need to choose. I said, no, I'm not going to choose. I said, because I believe that the gospel is for everyone. Whether you've been coming to church for 50 years or this is your first time, I believe that you should be able to open a book and it speak to you. So I tried and it was, it was incredibly difficult and only time will tell whether I even got close to it. But I try to write something and, you know, I'm, I've given this book to Tim Krull and Daniel Farker and Stuart Weber. So I'm confident that this book can help. But I always say to them, you need to understand this is coming from a Christian standpoint. So I'm not just giving it to them cold saying, you know, check this out because it doesn't say anything on the front. It doesn't say anything about God. It just says unmasked air to be the real you. It could be a self-help motivational book, but it's not that. So I always, if you send it to someone say, hey, this is from John Norris, the chapel of Norris. And so, you know, it's coming from a biblical perspective, but I think it could help you. And so I always kind of just, yeah, put a few little uh, caveats around it. 
I just want to ask you a question that, that I know you weren't necessarily prepared for this one, but just as we, we talk and, and coming back to the physical mask that we're seeing so many of us wearing at the moment, is that sometimes you'll see someone and, and really you can't read an awful lot about their expressions or, or how they're feeling emotionally. And, and then they take the mask off and, and you see the whole picture and you might be that you didn't recognize that person, but then you do recognize them because the mask is off. How much is, when it comes to this book and, and the whole area of those invisible masks, how much is our fear about taking those masks off about the fear of the real us being discovered and seen by others? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think we get so used to wearing masks, so even physical masks. You know, sometimes you see people walking down the street, you bump into them, and they've got their mask on. And then they say, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot I had it on. That's becoming a very common yeah. uh, response. I forgot I had it on. Well, you think about that from an invisible point of view. You know, maybe we made a poor choice 20 years ago, and we've, we've been carrying around the shame and the guilt of that choice, and we, we've just never de dealt with it. And so we just keep moving forward, and we just end up catching like Pilgrim's Progress. We get heavier, and life gets harder. And so, yeah, I think we... We've just got to uh, – I keep coming back to children. Children run around in the play park. Children run around on the field like they've got no cares. It's interesting Jesus said, come as a child. Because I, I think so many children just live, live – they don't – they just trust mum and dad's going to get their dinner ready and do their washing and look after them. And I think we have to have this same, this same thought towards God that – he just accepts me as I am. He wants me to come as a child, just to live free, live fearless, you know, live guilt-free. Um, but that is a journey. That is a journey, and it's a journey I hope that this book will will trigger in, in someone to begin. Uh, and obviously I hope lots of people read the book, John, but, but am, am I right in saying that it's sold church over the no next few weeks and people can watch on, on YouTube and Facebook, that you're going to be unpacking a little bit more about this from the front as well? What, what can you tell us yeah. about? For the next 10 weeks, we're going to be doing, um, working through the book, um, unpacking uh, a mask every, every Sunday, talking about it, and then on what we call in Soul Tuesdays, uh, I'm going to be doing a 15 to 20 minute interview on that from that message on the Sunday, and then we're going to be breaking up into our what soul groups and have discussions. So if you want to hear more, it's going to be on tomorrow night, Tuesday at 7 p.m. on our YouTube channel. So I'll be interviewed on the fear, on the fear aspect of what we talked about. So we're going to just drill down a little bit deeper into each one of these masks and help you. And if you want to get hold of the book, you can do that as well and work through it as we go. Brilliant, John. And um, before we bring things to a close, uh, just going to read out a few comments and a couple more questions. I always love people's sort of Instagram handles. Uh, this is from Sooks. Uh, they say sometimes we don't know we have the mask on until we read a book like this. It's like a service on the soul, which is lovely. Uh, Nathan Craig says, how can your book help inspire others, whether you're religious or non-religious? And can it benefit your life or your family or somebody else's life? I think only time will tell. I mean, as a follower of Christ, I, because the book is grounded in the Bible, as in the, 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 the concepts we're talking about come out of the Word of God, I believe that the Word of God is truth, and the truth brings people into freedom. So, yes, I firm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer this book can help, not because I've written it, it's because I've taken concepts from the Bible, which is truth, which will help other people come into freedom. So, you know, I can't take the credit for people... 
um, dropping masks. Um, I was obedient to write the book, but the, the, it's the principles of the Bible that will bring freedom into people's lives. Let's just finish up with this question in terms of the comments from, from Ian Moss. He says, John, if a loved one is really struggling with perfectionism and want to change, where do they start? He says, the phrase progression over perfection has helped me lately, but I can't remember where I started. Yeah, it's a good question. I think the question always comes back to, uh, did, did I do my best? And, it, you know, I, well, the two questions I ask myself most nights before I go to sleep is, did I keep a good attitude and did I do my best? And that's all that's all I'm required to do. And if, if, if my best is not perfect, well, so be it. But if I can, you know, this interview now, if I've given my best, was it perfect? No, we've had a, we've had a few technical issues. The Wi-Fi went down. I got in late. Was it perfect? No, it was absolutely unpolished. Did I do my best? Absolutely. And so I can go to bed tonight going, hey, I did my best. And I think that's basically how we need to live, by giving our best rather than trying to live with this, this mask of, of perfection. So good. So good. Uh, it seems a bit early for a question from Simon Kirsten saying, will John do another book? Simon, give him a chance. Tell him just come. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he will. Um, final question for me, John. Um, yeah. What would you say personally you've learned most in writing this book, your first book? Take your time. Take your time. Set goals. If, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're serious about writing a book, take your time. Set goals. Get good people around you. Um, be honest and uh, yeah just uh, you help me I remember I remember I called you Simon a couple of times and you just helped me so you said look just take the day off I remember I was getting so stressed I was just and I called you and you said look John just take a day off pick it up again tomorrow and I felt that was a really great because I was just I'd set a whole week aside to write the book because you'd said you know take some time I did it I had a really good first day and then it went really bad, and I was just so stressed. And I called you, and you said, just take the day off. So take the stress off yourself. And so, you know, even if you write 100 words a day or 50 words a day, but, you know, take the pressure off yourself. Give yourself a long timeline to do it. Uh, you know, it's taken me two years to do it. So um, this isn't like, I don't know, even training for a marathon. You can train for a marathon three, three to six months if you're semi-fit. But when you write a book, this is so detailed. And so, yeah, I think I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned how impatient I am um, because we live in this microwave society where we want things now. But when you write a book, you can't. It is a process and you're dealing with a whole lot of other people. So, yeah, that, that I've learned a lot of lessons. Um, but, yeah, for the next one. <laughs> yeah, well, th th this is the, the first one. Um, and I'm so glad I got a copy. Uh, copies obviously are available now. John, this is this is your moment. This is your big sales pitch. Go for it. How can people get hold of a copy of Unmasked, and how can they go about contacting if they need to do that? Yeah, first of all, thank you to everyone who's picked up a copy, either physically in the building. They're going to be available in Soul Church uh, for the next few, next few months, so those who come to church will make sure we have them available. Um, but the main place is Amazon. If you're watching in the UK, they're print on delivery. So they'll be basically with you uh, tomorrow if you order before 12 o'clock in the day. And then um, Amazon in the US as well and Australia, Canada. It's in uh, across Europe as well. So, yeah, people are saying, is it going to be translated into Spanish? Not sure yet. Had a meeting today, but uh, it's quite a costly process, as you might know. So, yeah, head to Amazon.co.uk. 
Um, if you like it, would you do me a favor? Write a review. If you don't like it, message Simon and tell him all the things you don't like about it. He will personally write back to you um, and unpack all my all, all my errors. But yeah, so that's that's really it. So leave us a leave us a review. That'd be really appreciative. And Simon, I am so grateful for you taking your time out, mate, to uh, to talk tonight. Well, John, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Loved, uh, loved doing this for the last 35 minutes or so. Really proud of you for doing this because, you know, you've touched upon it. There's no mean feat for anybody writing a book. But to write a book where you've been open, you've been honest, you've been vulnerable with some of the masks that you battle with. I think it's going, well, I don't think, I know it's going to help a whole lot of people. And uh, bless you, mate. Bless the family. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks to everyone who's joined us. Uh, tonight as well on this Instagram live. John, you've been a star. I wish you well with the book. Don't look at those Amazon charts too much, though. They may drive you to distraction. God bless, Joycey. Love you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks God for bless. tuning in. Bye, guys. God bless. Bye. Bye. I'd value your commitment by liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it, commenting on it, and sharing it with your teams. Remember, you are your only limit, and this podcast is to lift the level of your leadership, and as you rise, others will rise around you.